Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Donna Freeman, and you've joined us for Reflections 2010. Our guest today is the founder of Anusara Yoga, John Friend. John, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, Donna. Thank you. You've had an amazing year traveling the world. That's right. Uh, um, The Melt Your Heart, Blow Your Mind World Tour has now concluded, and you're back home in Texas. Um, It's literally taken you around the world, um, and I'm sure there's all kinds of highs and lows in that. Um, Can you tell us maybe one of the most challenging aspects of of a a year like you've just undertaken? Well, um, you know, the first thing is I I look back, and uh, for me it's just been a year of blessings, and it's been a year of uh, amazing transformation. So, you know, even I guess uh, when I was in the in the midst of it, um, when I when I think of challenges, um, looking back now at the end of the year, they've everything has been something that has just led me deeper into my heart, thankfully. And but I had uh, we had several different friends who um, passed away or um, were even so sick that they were near passing away and to to be on tour and sometimes not to be right by their side not to be in the hospital or not to be at their home um the challenge is many times feeling being far away you know being on the other side of the planet when a friend um you know really needed the support from family and friends so just um the the challenge of being away from uh some of my loved ones i think is was one of the greatest challenges of the year yeah that's always a challenge when you're on on the road and something happens for sure yeah um but i'm sure there are all kinds of highlights um and can you maybe tell us a few of those yeah we we had a tremendous year as i said and uh i went to 25 different cities, uh, including nine different countries, um, well, even including the United States, 10 countries. And we met people from 
Asia to uh, Europe and uh, the United Kingdom, all over the United States, and it was just such a such an uplifting experience to connect with people through the practice of yoga that even if we didn't speak or I didn't speak their language coming from a very different culture but finding a, a universal connection in the heart and that is it was so rewarding and so fulfilling for me to be able to share the experience of yoga with people really all over um that was this the big general highlight of the year and um <clears throat> many 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 people literally thousands of people that i connected with had breakthroughs and um real openings in their mind and their heart to even even when they did face challenges this year and i think that overall it was a common experience around the world that it was not an easy year in some regard, and yet um, people had breakthroughs that they they really saw the deeper intrinsic goodness of life, and they felt closer to that essence in their heart, and they felt closer to their family and friends in that way. So there was a lot of beauty. A lot, of, a lot of beauty that we experienced this year on tour. So um, I'm really grateful for the year, tremendous year, really. Yeah, it's always interesting how even though you know we span languages and cultures and continents, we are all searching for that same connection one with another. Yeah, truly, and uh, just to be happy and people that you know we met. It's the same type of sufferings everywhere. Where on a physical level. You know, everybody has back pain, you know. Um, it, it doesn't matter what um, nationality or culture you are. You're not immune from having physical ailments. Um, so to be able to offer therapeutic things for the body that could help everybody was is was really fulfilling. And just on the emotional level that they felt connected so deep inside themselves to something that they felt was a ground of peace and uh, truly a ground of goodness that they could take refuge in. That To see that, to see people finding that and being able to face the difficulties, the challenges in their life, that was also just tremendous. That's wonderful. Um, so going back um, numerous years at this point, when you were first developing Anusara Yoga and the universal principles of alignment, did you ever imagine that it would become what it is today? Well, yeah, it, years ago, I guess now it's been uh, 24 years ago, I started to organize these principles that I felt were really universal to anybody. And I knew that um, the the potential uh, of being able to help people all around the world was there. But I never thought that it would be such an expansive practice that literally a half a million people around the world would be practicing it in over 70 countries. 
So right now, yeah, it's just uh, it's astonishing for me, and it's mind blowing to see how wide ranging the attraction and the the benefit of these universal principles of alignment really are. It's it's just uh, it's crazy, you know. I I think that when I when I first put out the principles in a very organized fashion, which was literally just 13 years ago. I felt like, well, let me just offer it to a few people, and if I even get even one person that could, if it could clear some of their chronic pains and clear some of their suffering, then that would be that would be so rewarding for me. So, you know, just on a small scale, that would have been great. But now to see literally hundreds of thousands of people getting benefit from it, it's mind blowing for sure. Yeah, because you kind of really took a risk. You took, uh, you went from a fairly um, secure situation, you know, life situation, um, work-wise and career-wise, and you totally took a risk and dedicated your yourself and your time and talents to to giving service to others. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's true. I had a, I was a financial analyst in the '80s, and I had a very secure job, but it wasn't as fulfilling as sharing the practice of yoga where people were really connecting into their hearts and finding immediate freedom from some of their pains. So one day, that was in 1987, I just quit the the financial world and went to work full-time as a yoga teacher. And that was quite a leap, even back then in the in the mid eighties it wasn't um it wasn't really a popular idea to be a full time yoga teacher that wasn't really a, a necessarily considered a good career move at the time <laughs> but um but it was what really uh, what my heart was really longing for, and it was not easy i um i wasn't really financially um doing that well for some years i even moved back with my parents into their house i was uh, like 29 years old at the time and my parents were cool and they just thought that that was it was wonderful that i was going for my dream so they welcomed me back open arms and i started to teach yoga full time and it took literally like 3 or 4 years before i could find enough and gather really enough financial support to make it on my own. So, um, and now looking back, it's been so worth uh, the trial and tribulations for sure. Yeah, you got to go through the fire to <laughs> to get the rewards for sure. So next year, you're going to be working on a Dancing with the Divine tour. That's right. Um, and it sounds like just an amazing lineup that you've already got set up here. You're traveling again, literally around the world. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the title and what people can expect? Yeah, in large part, the yoga practice for me is about relationship, and it's about relationship not only with your friends and family, but in the bigger scope of things, it's relationship with nature or relationship with life and the universe. 
So in this relationship, I look to it in one metaphorical sense as a dance. So I thought a great a great theme for the year would be dancing with the divine, where we learn how to be dance partners with the bigger spirit, and we learn sensitivity and uh, a, a form of even humility, where we can come very open-hearted and open-minded to sense the flow of life around us. And then with sensitivity, knowing how it's flowing, we could make choices on how to align with it. And by using our steadfastness and using also our cultivated fluidity and flexibility in, in everything, body, mind, and spirit, then we can be in harmony with life more fully. And in so doing, then many of the difficulties, many of the pains can be dissolved and we can gain more freedom. So I thought um, this would be really fun, dancing with the divine. And instead of just thinking like yoga, yoga poses, particularly in Hatha Yoga, being very static in a way, like you're just holding a pose and it's not thought of as really like a dance. But if we could revision the practice and see how the breath is always flowing and dancing within us, how the static poses literally have uh, waves and vibration intrinsic to it and that every pose is connected to each other and so if you really instead of looking at them like discrete just postures that it's much more of a flowing dance even though it can be very slow it, it's still this bigger scope of movement with spirit and energy so i think it's gonna be really fun um and tomorrow i leave for india with professor douglas brooks and he and I and a group of yoga students are going to the south of India for two weeks, and the first place we're going is in the south in Chindambaram, which is the the site for the original Nataraj, which is the the cosmic dancer. So right from the beginning of this year, uh, the new year, 2011, I'm going to be focusing on seeing things in the form of a dance, and India will be very inspiring for that theme. Oh, that sounds like a great trip. Mm-hmm. And, and the tour itself is, uh, you've got me already thinking about all kinds of <laughs> things that you can connect with that. I'm sure anyone who attends your workshops and your and any part of this will be inspired by uh, by your words and your, your vision. Well, thank you. So just coming back to yourself and your personal practice, um, how, do you, how do you fill your physical and spiritual reservoirs on a daily basis? Because you have this grueling t- tour. You've got people asking you stuff, you know, me, you're asking for an interview, all kinds of stuff going on, demands on your time. How do you fill yourself? Well, I've been, now I've been teaching for 30 years, and... In the in the early part of I think my service as a yoga teacher, um, I didn't find I think the balance of the practice and the balance of teaching. So many times at the end of a day, I would be very tired or exhausted, um, and the reservoirs I think had, were pretty emptied out. But but I've learned really that 
<clears throat> serving and really enjoying uh, being with people and sharing like this, an interview for me is, you know, being with you today is delightful. And when you find really love in your practice and the love for uh, the service, there is a replenishment just in that. And it's not like thinking, oh, you know, I have this number of clients or this number of classes to teach today or this week and looking at it like it's a job. For me, it's really uh, switching my perspective to see it as a delightful service and something that I love to share with everybody. So there's a live, a lot of enthusiasm, and that in itself is fulfilling and replenishing my reserves. And then I do take a very disciplined time to give myself my, my own quiet for my own practice and for my own contemplations and my own studies. Um, so there, one thing is that I have to set a disciplined regime and allow some time for myself every day, whether it's some meditation and a little hatha yoga or some sort of other exercise and in, in really enjoying studying and reading and writing. And all of these things give me a lot of energy. Um, but fundamentally, I think the, the key is really just finding the love for others and finding the love for sharing and serving the teachings with others. And that in itself is is completely like tapping into a wellspring of energy, of Shakti. So I, um, I have a lot of energy, I think, these days because uh, I just love what I do. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you. So there are plans for a new home for the Anasara Kula, the Anasara family, um, the center in Encinitas, California. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what your vision of the center is? Yes. Uh, so in 2011, in the second part of the year, my intention is to open the center, um, a new yoga facility in Encinitas, California, which is just north of San Diego in Southern California, and it's very close to the to the the beach, the Pacific. So it's a very beautiful spot, and it's a large uh, it's a large venue where. I can hold my trainings and seminars there. And now in the 21st century, we're able to broadcast on the Internet and do live webcasts and do uh, recordings for not only the classes, but even for talks. And therefore, I can have other teachers come in, other professors come in. So the teachings of philosophy, of the yoga and even other associated offerings in uh, as music and art can also be uh, presented there at the center. And it will all be intertwined back into the philosophy of Anusara and so that it's all integrated and supportive. Uh, and this way I'm able to share it with even a wider audience to be able to broadcast 
internationally, globally, to all of the students all over the world. It's a super exciting venture. So we're going to be just building out the space in the new year and uh, opening probably in the early fall. So I'm really excited about that. Well, I'll look forward to some of those uh, webcasts and podcasts. Those yeah, wonderful. thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, we're gonna. I want to do two minutes with John Friend now, if that works. Okay, All right. So, two minutes of quirky little questions. Get to know kind of the man behind the mat. Right. Okay. Um, let's start with Star Wars or Star Trek. Star Wars. Okay, my daughter would love that. We read it last night. <laughs> How do you like your coffee? Um, cream and sugar. Okay. What's your pet peeve? Oh, boy. Pet peeves. Um, oh, boy. You've stumped me there. I think the only pet peeve I can think is having to give repeated instructions <laughs> to the uh, to the staff. And um, <laughs> so it's... Uh, yeah, I, because of the schedule's tight, um, uh, I like to to give instructions uh, once, but I, I don't really know about pet peeves. All right. What's your zodiac sign? My birthday is May 30th, so my son is Gemini, and my rising is Leo, and my moon is Pisces. Cool. What's your favorite thing for takeout? Takeout, um, probably like Indian food. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> pasta or rice? Which do you prefer? Uh, pasta. One thing you regret not learning to do. Gosh, uh, regret not learning to do well. I'm not I, right now. I have no regrets because I think that anything that I don't uh, haven't learned yet, I have time to do so. There you go. That's great. And do you have a nickname? Um, or have you ever I, had a nickname? Well, if my when my full name is um, Clifford John Friend. So when I comb my hair back or if I look really um, serious or businesslike, then my friends and family call me Clifford John. And uh, when I'm uh, silly, I'm called Johnny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Depends on the mood. That's right. Okay, and the last one, the best gift you've ever received. I think the the best gift is um, just unconditional love from my parents and both my father and my mother from the beginning just told me I could do whatever I want in this life that could help myself and others and to really dream big and um, not not get pulled into the the flow of the masses to think think differently and to be innovative. So the biggest gift is that kind of encouragement to stay truthful to my own heart and to live that way fully despite uh, being in the minority many times over the course of my life. We need original thinkers to get us out of our ruts. <laughs> Truly. So, in your home, 
how do you celebrate the holidays? We're kind of in between Christmas and New Year's now, and it's been the festive season. What do you do to to ring in the new year and celebrate the season? Well, I, I celebrate uh, everything in this time of year from the Yule, so on the solstice, at the, the darkest day, I'll often uh, sit at my altar and light a candle and really look back at the year and look at all the blessings of the year. And from seeing all the things that I've gained and all the beauty in my life, from that gratitude, then I put strong intention into the new year with how I want to go to the next level of offering love and beauty and goodness in my life. So there's a lot of intentional planning for the new year at the at the solstice time. And you know, it's a time that I do take off and usually uh take off from like formal teaching. So when if I am um practicing hatha yoga in this any of the studios then oftentimes I always invite people to practice with me and there's no charge. So I think so since I think the early 80s I've um I've always given free classes in December. So that's been a tradition and I like uh, taking time in the even in the kitchen to to bake and to cook and to to do that with friends and family is super rewarding just so it's just um really gets me in my heart. And, uh, you know, just decorating. So everything from flowers and poinsettias and um, lights and um, even putting up ornaments that are really fun. Like I found some ornaments this year that are Santa Clauses in different yoga poses. And I hung those. So that was kind of fun. But for me, it's a really, it's a great time to write cards and thank yous and acknowledge with so much gratitude, all the support that I've received, all the love that I've received for the year. So I love reconnecting with friends and family uh, at this time of year and then setting a really strong intention for the new year. So it's um, it's a real blessed time. It's a real, for me, it is truly a holy time. Uh, um, and, you know, now I'm going to be celebrating New Year's Eve in India with my friends and my uh, one of my teachers, Douglas Brooks. So that's going to be a great way to start start the year and celebrate the the new year. Definitely will be. So before we we uh, are finished here, do you have a message, a New Year's message for the uh, the friends and family of the of Anisara Yoga? <laughs> well, even beyond, I think even beyond Anusara Yoga family and the community, um, just the, the message for everybody, that everybody that's listening, that we, um, I, I don't, I don't really foresee 2011 being a real easy year. I don't think that our problems are going to go away. I think that we're faced with uh, a lot of really critical, serious issues locally and globally. So, I think it can be very uh, I think it can be very challenging for us over the next few months and and maybe even years to come and that we all seeing what's ahead, we make a strong commitment to stay 
centered in our hearts that even when the fears and the the doubts and the confusions arise in the near future, that we don't get thrown off out of what we really hold to be true, that we remember and we help each other remember the the deepest truths of life, that we really are all interconnected and that there is one spirit that's pulsating in all of us and through everything from the earth to the sky. And this pulsation of spirit is full of light. It's supremely conscious and it is literally vibrating with an unbounded creative delight. And that is something that is never born and can never die. So even when things seem to get dark and bleak and things can be very challenging in the near future in this new year that we keep coming back to what we hold to be true and we we help each other and we stay aligned to very solid virtue and values of kindness and compassion and sensitivity to others. So this is, uh, I feel like now we're really going to be tested to see what our practices have brought us. You know, it's kind of like if we call it practice, well, now dress rehearsal's over, and now we really have to perform. Now it's time to really act. So it's not just being positive or optimistic anymore. It's really putting everything into action that we've been thinking and feeling and and working toward for all this time so it's a it's a, it's a great time to be alive it's um i really feel like we all chose to incarnate at this time and it's one of the most um truly intensely wonderful times in in world history so um i hope that we all can join together as as one big family across national borders and ethnic uh, differences, and we we work innovatively to help each other be free of any of our problems and our pains and our sufferings. And that's that's my big message for the year. So I'm very I'm very excited about this year about um, working with literally thousands and um, and beyond all around the world to to make this place better. Oh, thank you so much. That is a is a hope filled message for the new year. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Donna. Well, we appreciate your time today. We know you've kind of fit us in between uh, travel and and your personal time, and we really appreciate you spending the time. Gosh. Well, my my delight, really. I appreciate you having me. All right. All the best with the new tour and with the coming year. Thank you, Donna. Happy New Year to everybody. This has been Reflections 2010 with John Freeman. John Friend. My name is Donna Freeman, and we would like to thank Elephant Journal for hosting these interviews. If you'd like more information on these interviews, please visit yogainmyschool.com. You can find us on Facebook as well as on Twitter at Donna K. Freeman. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Namaste.